everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 376, a themed episode. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we we enjoy doing these themed episodes because, you know, in, when, when we do these kinds of podcasts, uh, we do our updates where we get to talk about ourselves and what's going on. Uh, and those are some of our favorite episodes to do. But honestly, if you're a listener, you know that uh, there, there are specific things going on in the reselling world that we, we need to talk about that are important concepts to talk about, whether it's shipping, whether it's some crazy new eBay policy, whether it's whatever the, is going on. Uh, we like to be able to kind of dive down deep and talk about those. And right now we're at that time of the year uh, with Q4 going, uh, finishing up, and we want to talk about how, how are we going to finish this Q4? How are we going to make sure that we can keep going strong, finish out strong, so that we have a great end of the 2023 year, uh, which in reality, if you think about it, is going to be one of the things that's going to help set us up for success in 2024. And it's wild that we're already here. I mean, we're almost two weeks away from the new year. Uh, Christmas is only a few days away. Uh, I think technically this should be like a Christmas episode. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've been so busy that, you know, I've I've only been like packing and shipping, going to the post office, trying to list what I can. I mean, it's it's been insane. And uh, I know it's not the same experience for everyone right now. Uh, but I do want to encourage you that right now, if things are going really well, it's not the time to go like, oh, sales are good. I'm just going to relax. Uh, I always say this every Q4. Mike and I go back and forth on this one. But I tell people, like, if, if, you, if you need to you know, make that money, like you grind until the very end. Uh, you keep yourself up for you know, whatever, how many hours you need to keep yourself up. Uh, you, <laughs> you cancel outings if you need to. I mean, you do what you need to do because uh, there's no better time uh, to make that money in, in reselling uh, Q4. It definitely puts everybody back in the black, uh, you know, especially if you're on Amazon. Um, I'm doing on eBay right now. I got to tell you, I've not been this busy since probably earlier in the year. And so it's been encouraging. And I, I want to make sure that, you know, we're looking at the date right now. And when this podcast drops, you know, this podcast drops on the 20th. So you're like, oh, you know, Christmas is in five days. Not that many people are going to buy. People are still going to buy. So that's kind of our our first point here is, yeah, you know. There's last minute buyers still. Go ahead. What are you going to say? I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, um, I want to make sure our listeners know too, because there's some people who are probably already basically ready to check out um, that they're like, look, I've got Christmas coming up. Uh, so this episode is going to cover like that finishing, finishing out, you know, this, this part, but then also what to do once you get to that Christmas time, those sales aren't coming in anymore for the rest of the year. And then also kind of moving into 2024. So we're going to span this whole gambit of, where we're at right now, kind of taking that break and what to do when things slow down right near Christmas and after all the way into the start of 2024. So don't just turn this episode off if you think that like, oh, you know what? I'm already on my Christmas vacation. Don't need to listen to this one. Yeah, this is like our our last Christmas raw, like before, like by the time we have another episode, it's going to be after Christmas. That's how fast time is flying. Yeah, I think right. we're going to maybe drop something small on uh, on Christmas Day as our Monday mini on, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, as far as full podcast, this is this is it. That's just wild. So, 
But I want to remind you guys that there are last minute buyers. There are people that right now, as you're listening to this podcast, will buy stuff and hope that they can get it in time. Because, you know, according to the, the dates, right, Christmas actually lands on Monday. Right. And there's not going to be anything being delivered on Monday. But some people don't mind waiting till the 26th right, or the 27th. Uh, some people are hoping to get that, you know, Christmas Eve <laughs> item. So they'll ask for express shipping. They'll ask for overnight shipping. You just never know. I mean, one year I had, it was a uh, a Playmobil, like huge castle thing. And I had it up for, I don't know, I sold it for like $700, $800. And the shipping was going to be like $300. And they wanted it overnight. And sure enough, you know, luckily I, I was ready to go. I was ready to ship it out. and. You know, that, that's a big amount of change to be like, ah, you know, it's Christmas. I'm going to I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to stress about it. You know, you want to make those. You want to make those. Uh, you, you also have to remember, you know, like we said, I think in the previous podcast that people not everyone celebrates Christmas on Christmas. Not saying that that's not the norm. That is the norm. But, you know, you have a, a lot of individuals. Maybe they end up getting on a flight delay. You have a lot of individuals that come, you know, that have split homes until they spend Christmas with one family. Then the next day on the 26th or 27th, they spend Christmas with another family. And so there's still opportunities to make money in, in the in-between. Uh, and so I would strongly encourage you to keep listening to the end. Don't wait. Don't go like, oh, maybe this will sell in January because you don't know that. Uh, there was one Q4, I think it was like 2019. Where these items were selling for good money and then the price dropped by like five or ten dollars. And I really wanted that five or ten dollars. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna wait till January. I'm not gonna do this race to, you know, it wasn't a race to the bottom, but I, I didn't want to sell it for less. And then January came and no one was buying it anymore. So I ended up losing out on those items. And so you want to make sure that you're continually moving because again, we don't know about 2024. We don't know what's going up ahead. I mean, you know, it depends on what you watch. You know, some of the media is saying that. Things are looking really good. There's other people that are saying things are looking really bad. We don't know. But what we do know is that there's money being made right now and there's opportunity even until the end of this this year. So I encourage you guys to keep moving uh, and, and keep listing uh, as much yeah. as possible. Yeah. So and on top of the idea of listing, um, you want to make sure that you're sending and accepting offers as much as you can all the way up into that last minute. Now, again, if you're getting close to, you know, family coming in town and you're not wanting to deal with pulling items and stuff, that might be one of the factors that's keeping you from accepting offers. You know, if you've got an offer come in and it's OK, I have that happen all the time. And it's like, I'm going to make $20 on this. Do I really want to deal with yeah, going out into true. the shed tonight because I have to get it packed and ready so my wife can ship it tomorrow and it's late and I'm tired. OK, if it was a hundred dollar sale, I'd go do it right now. But for twenty dollars eh, you know, I'm just going to let this uh, offer sit for a little bit. And if it declines, if you know, if they end up canceling it out before uh, I accept that offer, no big deal. Um, but, you know, when you're coming into that Christmas time, I would be accepting offers all the way up into the last minute um, because it does two things for you. One, it's that's extra cash for you. Right. That's that's more money you're getting now. And then two. Mm -hmm anecdotally, it seems like as you're accepting offers, it's going to just keep things going. So if you're if your own business model kind of is, hey, I can kind of really be working all the way up until the 24th, maybe the 23rd as far as packing stuff, shipping stuff, I'm not too busy. Uh, don't be afraid to accept those offers in those offers. Um, because once you start ignoring those offers or declining those offers, chances are you're going to see a, a steep decline in, in more offers coming in anytime soon. So uh, don't be afraid to take those offers. 
Um, and part of it is be realistic with yourself. You know, you're probably not going to make as much on the 23rd as you're going to make, you know, this the week before, you know, this episode drops like the, the sales are going to slow, uh, but that doesn't mean they're going to stop completely. So be realistic with yourself. Uh, at what point are you willing to say, OK, enough's enough. I've got Christmas happening. I'm not I'm not going hard anymore and sell up until that minute. No, agreed, agreed. And, you know, like like you said, you got to kind of weigh your options, you know, and, and it's interesting. It doesn't mean you need to decline an offer. You know, you got 48 hours, right? So you could technically accept it the day after Christmas, uh, you know, and so on. So so think about that. Uh, the other reason I, I say, you know, take offers, send offers, get that cash flow is there's a lot of opportunities when the new year hits, right? There's there's people that, you know, they, they're like, I'm going to clean out my garage. This is going to be my new year resolution. And so there's a lot of people that begin to sell stuff, right? There's a lot of retail sales that happen after the fact, deeply discounted uh, clearance sales. Uh, sometimes Christmas items, sometimes, you know, overstocking toys, whatever they may be. And you want to be cash heavy at the end of Q4, right? You don't want to hold on to that. And so you want to make sure that, you know, every opportunity you can, you're making that sale. Obviously, you don't, you know, want to make that sale that you end up losing money. But I also encourage people, be aggressive on those sales. I find that right now, in comparison to previous years, is that the way that eBay goes as far as prices, we had a whole episode about deflation and reselling. I think eBay and people that buy on eBay are expecting the same <coughs> thing they're getting in retail for the most part. Not 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 throughout. But what I mean by that is, you know, if people are having deep sales for, on Black Friday or people are having a deep sales uh, at the beginning of Q4, well, they're going to expect the same thing. And so if there's usually deep sales after Christmas they're going to be looking for the same thing on eBay. They're going to go, hey, everybody else is having a sale. I want to deal, especially in a downturn economy. Uh, people are definitely going to want to spend less. And so keep being aggressive about those sales. Uh, I know I get controversial with that, but I've had a lot of people, you know, feedback say, hey, Orlando, I was only running 15% sales, but then I decided to go 30, 35 and things went crazy. And it was definitely worth, worth it. Now, again, it's all about your cost. You know, how much are you buying your items for? But if you can run those deep sales all the way to the end, is definitely worth it because sometimes there's this mentality that oh it's the last minute shoppers and last minute shoppers are going to be willing to spend whatever they can uh, to get an item right they're like oh you know I normally would sell this for 100 but I'm going to up it to 150 because people are going to really want this quickly and they're going to want it now and if I'm the only one selling it I'll get that price I don't think that's the case at this moment I think at this the case at this moment is if you drop it to 75 80. People go, you know what? I'm going to buy that now because I really need that item. So that's just my two cents. Uh, but definitely continue with those sales to the end. Now, what are your thoughts on sourcing, Mike, during this time? Yeah, I mean, I, I it's probably not going to be super wise to go out and do tons of sourcing, especially if you're doing uh, garage sale, if you're doing thrift store stuff. Um, I, I would say it's probably going to be better off just listing what you already have. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to take less time to do that. I think we all have death piles. And so it's probably wise to get those death piles out. And like you said, the, the cash flow is important. And so, um, if you take something from a death pile and you list it, that is, that's all positive cash flow for you. Cause you've already spent that money, right? You, that, that sunk cost, you've already spent the money. If you're going out and you're sourcing new stuff right now, I feel like you're wasting some of your time. Uh, if you've got things you could already be listing and again, unless you're looking for very specific things, like maybe if you're doing some retail arbitrage and there's like huge sales going at a store, you know, pre-Christmas sales or something, it just, it doesn't seem really 
the the best use of your time, especially to like thrift stores are just meh, right? Like they're very mid right now. Like you're not really like crushing it at thrift stores. But if you're going to garage sales, you're 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 killing it. But there's not gonna be a lot of garage sales right now. So um I, I would I would say even the local deals tend to, to slow down. I mean, some people are trying to make a little bit of extra money for Christmas that you may or may not be able to find some some sweet deals there. But everybody kind of slows down because mm-hmm. everybody's got holiday parties. Everybody's got friends in town or family in town. Everybody's doing their own family things for Christmas. And so you're going to be working twice as hard to make as much money if you're out trying to grind the sourcing game right now. Uh, so just get those things you already have listed. Get those listed if you can, especially as we move into like this kind of the lull that comes after this little final push right here as we're moving into the start of uh, 2024, which that's going to be the next thing we're going to be talking about is how, what do we, what do you do to fill that lull, that, that kind of downtime where things slow down? Uh, but yeah, I would say sourcing right now, probably not high priority. You're better off listing what you currently have. Yeah. Especially if you have a lot of it, especially like if you're like Orlando that I have, Oh, I'm just, <laughs> I could probably, it, it, what's scary is I think I'm bad, but there's somebody somebody left in the comments that they could literally list for 10 years and they have enough inventory at 30 a day. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. All right. Hey, before we move on, one of the things we're going to talk about in this next uh, section about, you know, what to do during the low, right? It's going to be one of those things of, you know, figuring out what you need for the new year. And one of the things we want to encourage you guys is my reseller genie. It's such a great tool. I, I recently had to use it again. I, I was doing my taxes, uh, but I needed to check where I was as far as my numbers uh, to see what was going on in my store. And so it was very easy to do like a bulk edit of my inventory. And so if you haven't used my reseller genie, if you haven't done any bookkeeping in 2023 and you're like, you know, 2024, I want to start off right. One of the worst things you can do is two weeks into the new year, get inspired, get inspired now. Get my reseller genie for 15% off the first month by using our code Pure Hustle, and you'll be able to use January 1 my reseller genie. You'll be able to have all that data beginning to input. Uh, and you know, your taxes are gonna come around in a few months and you'll be ready to go. So if you haven't yet checked out my reseller genie, uh go to the link below and use our code pure hustle and you'll get 15% off the first month. Yeah. Oh, the low. the low. The yeah. low. I, I do like the low. Uh, yeah, the the lull is a good uh, a good time actually if you think about it because uh, it's the opportunity to kind of slow down. A lot of people um, we, we talk about you know crushing it and working really hard and all of those things that are important, uh, but it can be overwhelming. It can be tiring. It can be taxing on just you as a person to be dealing with that nonstop sourcing, listing, packing. You, you maybe you've increased your sales by you know two times the number of items are going out for a few weeks during this Q four time. And it's exhausting. And so it is nice to have a little bit of a downtime. The hard part, though, is um, once you lose momentum, it's really hard to build momentum back up. And that's one of the things a lot of people don't understand. Like little breaks are good. I think it's important. I'm a big fan of taking a day off a week, having that as a family day that tends to be enough just to kind of refocus and recharge. Uh, But a lot of people think like if I take a week off and do nothing or two weeks off and do nothing, that tends to really not actually be, at least according to the, the studies I've read, enough time to actually provide any kind of real relief. It's very temporary. And then you're right back into it and your stress levels immediately come back to what they were after that period of time. So it's not enough of a break. So you're not going to get that benefit. So the best thing to do is keep the momentum going 
but just shift focus. So one of the things you can do if you're already used to spending, you know, four hours, five hours, 10 hours, however many hours a day you're spending on reselling, if you're not selling as much because we're in this weird time around Christmas, get some stuff organized, go through. I mean, you probably have a mess in your, your, your packing stations, your inventory is probably a little bit out of whack. Uh, your listing station probably isn't as clean as it should be. And all of those things do add to stress. And there is a, a market, like there's a clear um, uh, difference in your stress levels when you have a clean and organized space. So no, I, taking, I, I, a, taking a week off isn't going to make as much of a difference as if you spend a few hours and actually just make your entire work environment as 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 friendly as possible. So there's not mess. There's not clutter. You can move around it quickly. You can think without being surrounded by all the stuff. And when you do have sales, you can find your inventory quickly. Those things will make a huge difference in your in your stress levels. Um, so use this momentum you already have going and kind of set yourself up, get stuff, get your inventory uh, figured out, figure out how much shipping supplies you do have, how much have you gone through? Um, where's the mess at? Because you probably made a big one in your last big push of selling things and shipping it out. So get stuff done now and it's going to make a huge difference in helping prepare you to start the next year. Because if you go into 2024 and you're trying to clean up that mess on top of the stress of taxes coming up and all of that, you're going to just feel the weight and the burden of it. But if you say, hey, I, I'm things are slow right now. Perfect. I'm going to keep this energy, keep this momentum going and it's only going to help you out. You'll enjoy the holidays a lot more because you're not looking forward to, oh man, when things get back to normal, I have to clean all this up. Just clean it now. And then when things are back to normal, you can just get into the the whole hustle that you were in at in, in the middle of Q4 to the end of Q4. Because in the end, uh, especially if you saw on eBay, a lot of you know that January is a very good month on eBay. February is a good month. March is a good month. It kind of keeps keeps going. Like, And we don't know how 2024 is going to be, but my experience, you know, I've really enjoyed sales during those months, you know, and having things organized just makes it just makes life easier. Now, one of the things you can do is that you can take time to reflect on what you needed uh, during Q4. Uh, you know, there's those moments where you're like, man, you know, it would it would have been really great if I had just a, a MacBook that was dedicated just to the business or it would have been great if, you know, I had a new phone that was way more efficient. You know, maybe you have a phone that only has 64 gigs like I do, and you're always having to delete stuff on there and use that to take pictures. Maybe, you know, you're like, hey, I needed a photo box, or maybe you need a new vehicle. And you're going like, if I had a newer vehicle, you know, it would make my business a lot better. I could source larger items, whatever it is, because all those items, you know, you know, obviously speak with your tax professional, they're going to be items that you're going to be able to deduct you know, for your taxes for 2023. Right. And so the end of the year is a great time. Some places offer a lot of discounts on items. So there's a lot of sales going on. Uh, I, I remember last year uh, buying a lot of supplies right before the year ended. So I could not only deduct them out, but because they were on clearance, you know, a certain business. I remember buying a huge ton of boxes. I forget from where I remember uh, just buying. I forget what I bought too. I bought like a I don't know if it was a MacBook. It was, it was some kind of expensive. I should remember, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, but I bought it right before the year ended because I'm like, hey, you know what? I, I know that you know taxes are going to be interesting, and so I want some things to offset. So think about what you're missing. Think about what made would have made things more efficient while it's fresh in your mind. If you're in a place that you were always driving around trying to get supplies, you were short on tape, you were short on boxes, 
maybe you need a Scully, Scotty Peeler, right? If you know a Scotty Peeler, it's that device that gets under the price tags, makes it really easy to remove them. Maybe you needed a heat gun. Heat gun with the Scotty Peeler would save you minutes. And you're like, Orlando, minutes. Well, if you have 40 brand new items that you're doing retail arbitrage, those minutes count because those minutes can be, you know, a minute an item. But if you have 40 items, that's 40 minutes of your life that you've lost where a heat gun and a Scotty Peeler could save you a ton of time. So think about those things that you really wish you had, because I would say now is the time while you remember to get them and maybe you're able to get them at, at a great price. Yeah, no, that, that's great. And and kind of along the same thing. So those are like tangible things that you need and probably should get for the tax benefits. Uh, but also on top of that, there's the kind of the intangible things that are useful tools for us as resellers, uh, things that are going to help us have a good year. Uh, and those are things like, do you have something for tracking mileage? Are you using a good program? This is your time to reflect. Do you have something like My Reseller Genie that's keeping track of your items and your taxes? Um, did your bank account system work or do you maybe need to create another, uh, if you're, if you just are running out of your, your personal account, do you need to set up a business one? This is your time to reflect. And one of the things that a lot of people fail to do, uh, especially when, you know, it comes to setting new year's goals or new, they never take the time to stop and actually think like, where am I? What has gotten me to this point? What's working well? What's not working well? It's one of the things I love most about the teaching profession is we get tons of opportunities to sit and reflect after every lesson after every unit, after every semester, the year ends, you can look back and go, okay, these things worked really well. These things didn't work really well. What can I do differently? And that's what makes the good teachers versus the bad teachers. Bad teachers will just do whatever and they keep doing the same thing over and over. And it's the same thing with reselling. Like we get a very similar opportunity in reselling to say, um, I, I have taxes coming up. I can look at my, my, my systems in place. Did I keep track of things right? What worked, what didn't work? And if you're not willing to take the time to actually accurately reflect and honestly reflect. And there's nothing wrong with sitting down and saying, and Orlando and I do this kind of stuff, saying, man, uh, here are some of my strengths, but I really, really dropped the ball on on keeping track of the inventory that I had. And I really, really dropped the ball on some of my like, uh, you know, shipping stuff out. Like I was a little late a couple of times. What's wrong with my system? And so there's nothing wrong with doing that. In fact, doing that is going to make you a better reseller if you can sit down and figure out what are the things I, I didn't do well? And what are the tools that can help me do those better? So if you're not happy with you know whatever system you're using for tracking mileage, for keeping track of the items you're buying, try some of the other systems and find something that works. Like try Mile, um, Mile IQ or try My Reseller Genie and see if those things will be helpful. Because if you can't sit back and say, my current system is perfect, it's doing everything I want it to do, um, then there's probably some flaws that are causing you to lose time or money or adding stress. And so take this time towards the end of the year before you even do future planning, before you even start to think about your goals for the upcoming year and say what went well, what didn't go well, and what tools uh, did not work for me and what tools are available for me that I can maybe try in the upcoming year. Yeah. And I, I want to encourage everyone that now is the time to get the software get the apps that you need. Because if if I know a lot of people are like me, you get into January and like two weeks in, you're like, oh, I forgot to track my mileage. Well, it's kind of late. I guess I'll figure it out later. And then February hits and then March hits and then June hits. And, and before you know it, you're in the same mess that you were in the year before, just because you didn't start the very first day. If you start the very first day, you incorporating those apps into what you're doing, 
uh, it's going to be a lot easier because you're not going to feel defeated. You don't want to feel defeated two weeks in going, I already failed on, on you know, keeping up on my bookkeeping. Because uh, I'm telling you, and I've said this over and over again, the worst part of reselling is bookkeeping. I end up doing a lot of work on the tail end when it's tax time that I could have saved myself a ton of time if I just kept on it from the very first day of the year. And so I strongly encourage you, if you're like me and you hate bookkeeping and you find yourself stressed, start off strong because I, I truly believe it's going to make things better. There was one year that I did that. I, you know, I got everything I needed the very first day. I was, you know, swiping left or right. If it was business or personal for my driving, I was, you know, going in into this was my my GoDaddy bookkeeping. I was checking my expenses and everything. When it came to tax time, it was smooth. Uh, the last two years, it's been brutal. I've, I've always had to get extensions because I'm not ready. So make sure you start right away. Now, this last one. And uh, I, I think, you know, Mike and I push this a lot, but I want to make sure people understand, even though our title is Pure Hustle Podcast, there is a time to stop hustling. And if you've been working hard all year, if you've been grinding, this, this Q4, things were outstanding. You, you know, you ended up making a good amount of money. Uh, you ended up have, making a little bit more. You figured out, you know what, maybe I could take the kids on this vacation. Or maybe I could, you know, end up buying, purchasing this thing that I want. I could remodel the kitchen. Whatever it is, like, enjoy the fruits of your labor. Like, you worked hard, right? And so while, while things are quiet and calm, right? It, there's, there's, it's a great time to go, you know what? Things were a little bit better this year and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it because if you're just hustling all the time and you're never enjoying the results of that, like it can get pretty, pretty, I, I think it gets pretty depressing because you never see the growth. I'm not saying go on a spending spree and spend all your money, but you know, if you can enjoy it, enjoy the money that you've made. Yeah. Be wise. And I remember uh, a few years ago, um, I've always been pretty frugal and I kind of like you know, like when we have kids, like, and, and, you know, with holidays and stuff, I've always wanted to just be like just a few gifts. And I, I heard somebody say one time, like the, uh, you know, something to read, something you need, something to wear, oh, something, right. Like one of those things, like just four gifts. And, and then over time, I've kind of been convinced through, you know, other people, uh, like talking to me and other like podcasts I've listened to. And I, I've kind of changed my perspective on that. And I've kind of looked at like when it's the holiday season, when it's Christmas, uh, this is like such a great thing for celebration that I want to be the most joyous person I know. I want to be I want to be the person that's feasting. I want to be the person that's that's just bringing joy. And, and yeah, of course, you got to be wise. You don't just spend all of your money and blow it. But but when it comes down to it, like it should be this time of year, um, you know, you've worked really hard. Bless the people around you. Be willing to do, uh, you know, spend some of that money. In fact, there's there's a. Um, uh, a verse in the Bible that says there's nothing better for a person that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. Right. So like you've worked all of that. You've worked so hard, like just enjoy some of that. Enjoy it with your family. Cause I know a lot of misers, a lot of people who've saved and saved and saved and saved and they never spend any of it and they live frugally, which I'm a fan of living frugally, but didn't you get to a point where what was the point of it? What was the point of all of that if you didn't bless the people around you? If you didn't, if you didn't find ways to to spend that money to enjoy it, to enjoy the work you're putting in, because work brings pleasure, work brings it uh, joy because of what it allows you to do. And so, if you're robbing yourself actually when you don't do those things, when you're not willing to 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 say, "Hey, I've worked really hard. I made a little bit of extra. Dinner's on me tonight, guys," and and you just you just enjoy life and enjoy the people around you. No, I agree. I agree. 
And hey, if you got stuff that didn't sell well in Q4, it's never a bad idea to donate. I, I know I, I, I'm, I hate it when people force altruism on me. So I'm not asking anybody. I'm not telling anybody to do that. But, you know, sometimes you can bless others. Uh, you know, it's just it's a good thing to do uh, because, you know, how many <laughs> like fingerlings, right? Like I know many of you have a ton of fingerlings and, uh, you know, they're just sitting you're waiting for the rebound. Nobody's still holding on to the fingerlings, Rolando. Just you. Just you. I was trying to get it from I was trying to get my fingerling that's up there. But yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, you know, I and I know other resellers that have given some of their toys that were fails on Q4 and. Guess what? Sometimes it, the blessing is better than the return you can get on something. So, you know, just encourage people to go get out there and do that. Now, uh, before we move on to our uh, hustles of the week here, uh, we had just talked about, you know, those year end supplies, right? Getting those tax deductions and so on. Well, a great place to do that is American Bubble Boy. So American Bubble Boy, incredible uh, bubble wrap, great price. You know, I loved it this year because I, as I mentioned before, I've sold way more collectibles than ever in my life. And the, one of the pains of collectibles is that most of them need bubble wrap. I'm very rare. I'm not going to send something that's bubble wrap. So if you are looking for bubble wrap, you're looking for a great deal, go to American Bubble Boy, go to our link below. Uh, that link below helps us out. Uh, and, you know, it gets you there. And so you can get that. There's also tape that you can order. You might go to tape, which is great tape. And use our code Pure Hustling. You'll get 5% off on that tape. And there's Instapack. There's coffee there. Uh, maybe you want to get some last minute uh, Christmas gifts. Uh, I'm pretty sure Joel's going to try to deliver uh, next day or two days. So <laughs> I always wonder what would happen. Like uh, I just went to a Christmas party and if I gifted somebody American Bubble Boy coffee, that would be an interesting conversation. Like, because, you know, like resellers know, but people were like, huh. But, you know, there is a whole wider world of business that um, Joel doesn't talk about that people buy bubble wrap from. It's not just resellers. There's huge industries that buy bubble wrap from him. So, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I know a lot of people that aren't resellers that listen to this podcast, and I appreciate all of you. You know, if you're looking for a way to ship your items uh, as part of your business or, you know, take care of your items that are in the attic, American Bowl Boys, a great way to buy stuff. And before we move on, a lot of you're going to hear today is going to come from our Discord. Our Discord is a great thriving community of resellers. Uh, I kind of I really enjoyed it this Q4 because I've been super busy and I haven't been able to be on the Discord as much as I usually am. But every time I go in there, people are just thriving. Like people are sharing ideas, people are learning. I'm going in there like, wow, I didn't know about that, and it's very welcoming. So if you haven't had a chance yet and you want to help us out on Patreon, go to Patreon.com/slash/PureSoulPodcast or go to the link below. Uh, and for five fifty five a month, you can help support the podcast. That gives you entry into the Discord, and so I st strongly encourage everyone to do that. Also, if you haven't yet followed us on social media, we are Pure Podcast on all platforms. We are Pure Cast on X. And today we got uh, we got a phone call. Uh, we also have an email. And so if you ever want to call us, you can always call us seven six one nine seven three eleven seventy. That's six one nine seven three eleven seventy, or shoot us an email at purestpodcast at gmail .com. And as always, thankful to all of you that watch the podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed, encourage you to subscribe, hit that like button, smash that bell notification. I know that's not the way you say it, but decided to change it up. And if you ever want to leave us an iTunes review, always appreciative. Uh, if you just write a note, little note, hey, this is why I enjoy the podcast and uh, grateful for every one of you that already have done that. It keeps us the number one reselling podcast out there. 
in the world. In, in, the, right. in the in the in the <laughs> maybe in the world. In the whole wide world. All right, here we go. Our hustles of the week. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. I need to start. I feel like I've talked quite a bit about adding extra soundboard stuff um, or like changing up some sound effects. I, I think it's time. I, I might work on that over the next uh, several weeks. Some uh, some cool new okay, okay. hustles, bolo intros. That'd be fun. And honestly, I did the hustle of the week one. Somebody else made our bolo one. So again, we are always welcome. Uh, always welcome having people uh, send in uh, their their creations. If you have something you'd like to uh, contribute to the podcast, we have we have people who are way more creative than we are with with uh, visual and audio stuff. So uh, send it our way. Okay. Uh, so our first one is going to be a call from uh, Tim the Slim, who is in our Discord. And actually, uh, t- man, Tim is, he, I would say I have a ton in common with him. He's obviously far surpassed me in the reselling world now. Uh, but he also was a teacher and went full-time reselling. So I feel like I have a big connection with him. So I'm excited to uh, to hear this call. Hey, what's up, Mike and Rolando? This is Tim. I'm a full-time flipper out in Northwest Montana. I go by Tim the Slim on the Discord, and you can find me on Instagram at Educated Flips. A few weeks ago, I was at a large estate. The individual had this love for crafting, for needlework, and last but not least, dolls. So, uh, as you guys already know, that most dolls usually don't have great resale value. But uh, after a quick lookup of a few of the brands, I decided to take a risk. I bought about 10 boxes of dolls for $750. Uh, Many with clothing, some were even naked or stained, cosmetic flaws, like no hair, things like that. But the brand names included Tonner, Kish & Company, Gene Marshall, and Diana Effner. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, and I certainly had no clue at the time, these are high-end collectible painted fashion dolls, and they're usually released in limited quantities. So many are specific to conventions. You have to go to that convention to find them. Uh, they They are rare and hard to find things. In less than a month, after shipping and fees, I have done already over $10,000 in sales, over around 90 transactions. So if I fire sold the rest of the listed inventory now at 50%, I'm confident they'd sell overnight because the the market is so liquid, and I would have about a $12,000 profit as the floor of this flip. I made the most money um, on the Tonner dolls. I had about 100 of them. I actually, in one of the Tonner Facebook groups, the way I, I got some help is I posted, hey, look at these cool dolls. And one of the mods like reached out to me and, and she worked with me to identify every doll because it doesn't actually say like who the doll is on the doll. You got to know about them. And so mm. I worked through the whole lot with her. I actually gifted her one of the dolls at the end. Um, so it was wonderful. But that, that saved me a ton of time. Anyway... They sold for an average sale price of around one to one fifty each, even without clothes. Mm. So my most expensive dolls, though, were the Diana Effner Little Dreamer dolls, and these are hand painted dolls by an artisan, Jerry Uribe. So only a handful of people, like two or three, are trained to paint this specific kind of doll. And I found a total of five of them. She still is making them today for six hundred fifty dollars new with a two month waiting list. I've already sold one of my five for an offer of four seventy five. This was a once in a lifetime flip for me. And if I could go back in time, I would have totally offered to buy out the entire room, probably for five to 10K. Um, Not a single flipper really knew what was going on until about 10 minutes into the sale. So it was really a shame afterwards uh, to see so many of the dolls separated from their original clothing. Uh, They were boxed separately. The owner liked to make their own clothes and redress the dolls. So a lot ended up getting separated. I estimate the room around with the one car garage space full of dolls 
clothing and the furniture had to have been worth a floor of around 40 grand with the ceiling of 80 grand. But I can't complain though with how I made out, um, with, with what I got, I'm very happy. Anyway, thank you guys for the real relevant content. Uh, I'm grateful for how your content has, uh, and the discord community has really helped me in this journey as I've transitioned from teacher to full-time reseller. So keep up the good work. Oh man, that is, that is, uh, just an incredible, incredible deal there. And like I said, I, I have a, you know, Tim, man, we, uh, right after you went full time, uh, we had posted or mentioned in a podcast, something about like, now might not be the time. And you kind of did like the eyes or yeah. whatever on the, the discord. Uh, but man, you're doing it. You did it. You killed it. Um, and you know, it's, I, I think you give, you're actually inspiring, I think, a ton of other people, too, because there's a lot of people who are, you know, stuck in jobs they may not want to be in or maybe they love the job they're in, but they're just ready for something else. And just seeing somebody going full force into reselling and then crushing it, uh, it's uh, you're an inspiration. And again, it just goes to show what makes these hustles so good is that um, you just got to be consistent when you're out there. If you're out there every single day. You're sourcing as often as you can. These sales, these kind of hustles <laughs> come up. Uh, every so often and so uh, it just it's that hope for the rest of us so great job on that man that's a that's crazy i just remember when he first posted on the discord and he's like uh i may have made a mistake or something like that he said something like you know don't come at me i just bought all these dolls right here and and i didn't know i looked at that and i'm like oh i i think I, I may have commented this is why mike and i always say we're not gurus i'm like well you know, dolls are kind of a hard, hard sell, but you know, if you get the right ones, you can make some good money. I personally didn't think he had a score. Like I, I didn't know. Right. And that's, that's the beauty of reselling is that there is such a vast amount of opportunity out there. There are so many niches that people don't know about. And, and, and Tim landed on one of those. Right. And, and that's, that's the thing. Tim was willing to take that risk. And here, here's the upside of it is that it was a low cost risk, right? He he didn't have to spend a ton of money. It's not like he, you know, he was talking about he would have dropped five to 10K to get all the dolls. Well, now he will, right? Because now he knows, right? But that that doll, those that doll setup, he was able to get for less than a thousand bucks. He learned a ton and then ended up paying off in 10K, 10K over that time. And honestly, I just remember too, like if you're a new reseller, that might even seem like I can never spend $750 on a, on a buy. The longer you do this, the, uh, the easier it gets because yeah. you're going to have that capital. Like when you've got a big enough business bank account because you're, you're sourcing, you've learned a ton of stuff and you have the knowledge to know whether or not something's a good buy or not. Uh, so I, I remember first year or two reselling, I probably wouldn't have wanted to have spent more than a hundred or $200, uh, on any kind of gamble as I would have saw it. But now yeah, uh, you're much more comfortable spending a thousand dollars on on a on a purchase when you know you got something good like that. Yeah, and and one more thing I wanted to add is that in, in reselling, you're a new reseller, or you've been reselling for a while. I think you would agree with me here is that most of your big scores, it's not one item. Generally, it's your biggest hauls, right? At least in my experience, like I've had you know a huge Hot Wheels and Disney haul. I've had a huge Duck Decoy haul. I've had a Department Six Fifty Six haul. And the the money I made wasn't on one item. It was the overall, like I spent 1K and I turned it into 5, 6, 10K, right? And and that's what Tim did here. And if you haven't yet followed him, uh, follow him on uh, and Instagram. He is educated flips, educated flips. 
that could be Tim. If you wanted to compete on a podcast, that could be a good title there. Maybe Mike and I'll switch it to we'll become educated, educated, pure educated flipper. I don't know. Never mind. We'll keep here with the podcast. All right. Next house of the week here. Uh, so I always love when people email us random stories. And this one, I think, I think this is their second house of the week. This comes from uh, Jessica, a storage warrior owner and host of the business reselling podcast. Uh, oh. And I know, I know it seems super official. Like, <laughs> uh, it, it's just, ah. Uh, I, I I just love the fact that there's so much to learn out there right now. Like it wasn't like this years ago. All right. So this is a, I'm reading their email here. For, I'm reading the email from Jessica. This is a pretty fascinating story. He said, okay, I've got one for you. My husband and I like to go for walks in a local uh, forest. And whenever we go check the Craigslist free section, there's anything we can pick up along the way. I, I found someone giving. And so I basically, I guess they walk and they like talk and, they look stuff up while they're walking. I don't know. No, no, but, no, no. She's saying like no. on the way, like when I like, go drive into the forest. Like we're oh. driving that way. And see anything. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. So anyways, so while they're, do while they're doing that, they found someone giving away a couple of old cedar storage trunks that they knew they could get 50 to a hundred dollars each for. And so she says, so we arranged to pick them up. When we got there, it turned out almost everything in the house was being given away. We spotted a small stack of vintage license plates and asked for them. And it turned out there were two more whole boxes of them in the garage. We told them we were resellers and we ended up packing uh, our pickup truck full of all kinds of free stuff. But the license plates were the real treasure with some dating back to 1914. We have listed all for a total of over $6,000. We sold a few. I made about $300 so far with over 100 listings still for sale. Even if I have to discount the rest of them, it's still a crazy score for free. Yes, we did take the storage trunks as well, but we never did go for that walk in the forest. <laughs> okay, so that makes sense. So I guess they never made that walk. Vintage yeah, license. You don't want to leave all that stuff in the trunk of your, uh, uh, or the uh, bed of your truck when uh, you got that kind of money sitting back there. I guess it's not You're going straight home. Okay, all right. So uh, I said vintage license plates are awesome. Uh, Jessica, storage war owner and host business of reselling podcasts. Wow, what a story! And you know what I what I love about that story, and and I when I wrote them back in the email is that I think a lot of us kind of get this perception that that people want us. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how to phrase this, but there's a lot of people that are just trying to get rid of stuff. They don't even want you to pay them. They just want you to take it. And uh, I was talking to a, a good reseller friend of mine, Jake. You know, Jake. Uh, remember we did that huge whatnot deal and and yeah. so on, and uh, we were talking the other day, and he's he's developing some things that's going to help the reselling community. Stay tuned; we will talk about those in in the next year. Uh, and uh, we were talking about you know him and I have made a connection with the same group of people that alert us to when people are trying to sell stuff, and we've gone to multi million dollar homes, and we go to these homes and they're trying to offload stuff. They'll just tell us, you know what? We're moving tomorrow. There's stuff in the back. We don't even care. Just take what you want. And, uh, you know, there's been times where there's old Apple electronics, uh, you know, Louis Vuitton purses. I've picked up some artwork. I've picked up vintage stereo systems. Like, you just never know the opportunity. So, one, you know, always be willing to ask. You never know. And, you know, if people are giving away some items free, just ask, hey, do you have any other items 
that you just want to offload. And this is exactly what Jessica did. And they scored huge. So that's a great hustle of the week. Yeah, that's killer. All right. Our next one comes from Jacob Guttersom uh, on Instagram. So it says, hello, I didn't know exactly where to send in a hustle of the week message, but I went to a storage unit yesterday with a lot of boxes outside of the unit on tables and on the ground, plus some inside the unit on shelves. The people there said all the boxes inside and outside of the unit were fair game. So I started digging. On the outside of the unit, I found some old sealed calculators, a few vintage shirts, some old books, and a sealed Bluetooth headphones, along with a few other odds and ends. Then I went inside the unit to go through the boxes in there. In there, in plain sight, was a 49ers Apex Pro Line jacket sitting in the open uh, that surprisingly no one had grabbed yet. So I grabbed that and kept looking. Then at the back of the unit, under other boxes, I found two boxes full of sealed sports card boxes and Pokemon cards from 2009. Nice. I immediately grabbed everything and went to pay. I paid $90 for everything. Holy smokes. I valued everything with my wife, and uh, we think the eBay value is around $7,000. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Um, that's a lot of, of incredible pickups there. Um, I mean, the only thing that would have made this better is if those, if those Pokemon cards would have been from like, I don't know, 2003 or something, 2004. But uh, even still, that's unopened boxes of cards and stuff. Jeez, you're gonna you're gonna make a killing off of that. It is interesting. There's a there's a guy right now. If you were here, Mike, I would, I'd I tell you where it where it's at. But there's a guy I know here that he does garage sales of stuff from his score from his storage unit. Like he he's one of he's one of those guys that goes and buys storage units all the time, and so he has so much inventory, and he's been trying to sell on eBay, but he gets frustrated with it and stuff just goes for cheap. Like he doesn't care. Like I remember uh, one time I dropped, he's probably listening to the podcast right now, but I dropped like 20 bucks uh, and I ended up flipping an, an Olympus 35 millimeter camera for like $150 overnight. Um, some DVDs I ended up selling for over a hundred overnight, like, and I only spent $20. And so just realize that a lot of people that do storage units, like they don't want to spend the time and research and everything. They, should, they just want to do that quick flip. Like if they can get rid of stuff in one or two days and they get profitable, maybe they only paid 80 bucks for the unit or even let's say they paid 800 bucks. They can make that quick, you know, several hundred dollars or even several K. They'll do it. And then that gives you an opportunity because you know what you're looking at and you can pick up a ton. And that's what Jacob did here. So nice work because uh, sometimes I do avoid those sales. But lately I've been going to them because I find that people are just trying to move stuff quick. So be aware of storage units. That's good. Um, all right. So uh, I don't really have any great hustle of the week that's like mirrors any of these. Uh, not not by long shot. It's okay. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done really well with like some some just smaller items. I've sold a lot of things. One of the things that I was kind of excited to sell, uh, just I had, a, I was at a garage sale, uh, one that I picked up a kayak at one time that I sold locally. And the guy had tons and tons of, like collectible cars in their boxes. And I didn't know anything about any of them. A lot of them are like Coca-Cola stuff. Um, and none of them were were home runs. Like none of the the cars that I picked up were sold for more than 40 or 50 bucks. Um, and I was able to pick them up for relatively inexpensive though. So I've already gone through most of those. And I had a handful left that just, they seemed like they were a little bit lower end. He must've just liked the way they looked or something. They weren't branded, like a, a name brand or, or a highly sought after car. 
but they were still in their boxes. All of the boxes were dinged up. Like none of them were were super nice. But I just sold one recently for uh, forty bucks that has been sitting for a couple of years. And so that kind of stuff is just nice. Of like, I probably only paid uh, maybe eighty bucks total for all of them. So to still be making profit off of that old uh, that old buy, uh, that's always exciting. No, no, I agree. I agree. No, no, it's I, I like it when you buy a big set of stuff and you keep selling. And that's kind of my my yeah. I don't. I have big sales, but I kind of wanted to share this one because sometimes, you know, you list stuff and you're like, why am I spending all this time listing this item? Right. It's, it's not worth it. So uh, I, I had mentioned a few weeks ago, I went to this garage sale and I, he, he was selling some vintage toys. And I said, hey, you have any more in the house? And he kind of gave me a tour of his house. It was a museum and he had Doug decoys and I recognized the Doug decoys. And he had this room of just toys that his kids uh, th- they didn't want them. That that's the sad part. Is I asked him. I said, you know, this gentleman was about eighty something years old, and I said, do your don't your kids want any of this stuff? And then he's like, no, he they're, they're tired of all this. They just want me to get rid of it. And so I went in there, and you know, the reason I was able to get into the house was because I asked him, do you have any more vintage toys? Never hurts to ask. And he took me in the back, and there's a ton of vintage Fisher Price toys, and there also was these vintage. Uh, I forget what they were, but they're like Western toys, like. Uh, Armstrong Custer, uh, Geronimo, like these like figures. And I paid 70 bucks for the whole thing. And a lot of the Fisher Price stuff, you know, I ended up, I ended up signing, I'll talk about those in a moment, but he had like Corgi cards. I don't know if you heard of Corgi, the brand that not, not a lot of people know about, uh, but there was like one that was, uh, remember I paid $70 for everything. Just one car. It was a Corgi 007 James Bond, Austin Martin. It was like a little James Bond inside and like guns in the front. It was kind of cool. That one sold instantly for 65 bucks. Then I sold Armstrong Custer for 50 bucks. And then I, I was looking at the Fisher Price stuff and one was like a family camper with like the family, all the vintage wooden toys. Like think of little people, but like 40, 50 years ago made out of wood. Yeah, these are what they were. And uh, I ended up selling the camper incomplete, by the way, you can sell stuff incomplete for $101 within like 24 hours. And maybe I priced it a little bit too low, but I already made my money back and I've already sold other Fisher Price stuff. I ended up selling, I think, a Fisher Price set of race cars for like 40 bucks. I ended up selling also uh, three more Corgi vehicles for 40 bucks a piece. It was just, it was just a haul and a half. And that was only one part of the garage sales that morning. Uh, and now I'm like, all right, I'm going to list the rest of the stuff because now I'm like, okay, maybe I didn't understand how much people wanted some of these items. Uh, and so, Never hurts to be at a garage show, ask. And uh, I, I am finding right now that uh, vintage toys are, are doing pretty well. Maybe they're not selling for as much as they used to. But I do find that in the midst of Q4, uh, people want those unique toys, those unique items. Uh, and, you know, maybe we need to make a future episode. But there's a lot to be said uh, that a lot of items overall, whether it be clothing or toys or whatever, there's just trash when you buy them brand new. Right. Just they're not quality. They, they break easily. Uh, there's not, you know, it, you watch those videos of refrigerators made in the 40s and 50s. You're like, what? Why aren't yeah, those made like going. that anymore? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Have you, have you seen those videos? I don't know. Maybe you haven't. But- I, I haven't. But I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I know people who still are rocking fridges from like the 60s and 70s. And they really? still run. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So again, I, I encourage you guys, like if, if you have those in, right now in the midst of Q4, if you have a bun bunch of vintage toys in your death pile, get them listed now. Because I'm pretty sure, you know, depending on how the market is, 
they should sell well. So that is my hustle of the week. Hey, before we move on, I just want to talk about uh, one of our sponsors. I don't know if you can see. Can you see that? I have this line in my head. I have like a line in my head, like right over here. The what, the gash and, that you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still healing. It's been over two. Yeah. It's been over a month, and it's because I didn't have my skull shaver charged. If I used my skull shaver, which I used today, I would have had a smooth head without the pain. And so, if you're looking for that gift for that special someone or for yourself, uh, go to our link below. Skull shaver. Uh, it's you know it's an electronic razor. It charges really fast. It does a really good job. You can do it while you're you know you can while you're. <laughs> I was gonna say while you're sourcing. I guess you could. You could be at a garage sale shaving your head if you want, or at a thrift store. Yeah, you're not gonna get good deals. I mean, maybe maybe that's your negotiation tactic. Maybe people are like, we just want this guy to go away. And you, you just go. stand there and you don't leave until they give you the price that 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 they want. And yeah, you just groom yourself until they <laughs> until they lower their prices. But I've ha- I've had to go to meetings and I'll be in the car like shaving my head like it's like especially when I forget in the morning I'm in a rush to church because I got kids and like on the way to church I'm like shaving my head so definitely check it out use our code hustle all caps and that'll give you a discount uh, on your new school shaver so check them out great gift for last minute gift uh, for Christmas use our code hustle in the link below all right Mike so the low is over. We're entering the new year. How do we start off strong? What are some things you got in mind? Um, I love I love new years. I just love new starts on anything. <clears throat> um, if you did that, what I mentioned last time, which was uh, doing some reflection. But a new year gives you an opportunity, um, even though there's nothing magical about a year, that mark, especially for personal goals. But in business, there is some differences because you've got a new tax season. You can kind of restart your book. So you've got all new set of data. So... I think that one of the most important things that you can do is set goals. If you do not have goals set, you have no idea what you're you're aiming for. You're kind of just aimlessly wandering around. And mm-hmm. you might not necessarily be getting worse, right? Like whether it's, you know, if you don't have like a specific goal, you're just like, I just kind of want to be healthier. I kind of want to make more money. I kind of you might kind of just stagnate, uh, which isn't the worst thing that could happen because if you do nothing, you're gonna move backwards. But without a specific goal, you, you're you not going to make the kind of progress that you hope to make. Now, one of the things that's really good about setting goals is goals can change. You can get into you know moving down a path and you set some goals uh, and then you get three months into the year and you realize you undershot your goal or you need to shift your goals a little bit. But you at least need to have a trajectory because even if you have to course correct a little bit to change to something else, you're still moving forward progress towards your 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 destination, what it is you want. And you, I feel like you need to be specific. Goals, you know, they have like the whole smart goals thing. I'm not going to go over all that here. But I think there's some some truth to those types of um, systems because you have to be specific with the goals that you want to achieve. So uh, think very basic if you're kind of new to setting goals. Think of like two or three things that are going to make the biggest impact in your, your bottom line. Uh, one of those things is going to be listing. We have some people on the Discord who've been pretty faithful about like, you know, sticking to like, I'm going to list a certain amount uh, and they kind of share, you know, where they're at on that. Doing something like that, like saying, being very specific, I'm going to list 25 items a week or whatever that number is for you. Like last week, last year, I kind of look and I was kind of some weeks I did 30, some weeks I did 10, something. But if you set that goal, 
then you can start to say, okay, what do I need to do to achieve that? Okay, well, then I need to do X amount of listings per day. And if I'm behind, if I took two days off a little bit, now I know I need to move forward because I have this end goal. By Saturday, I will have 30 listings or 20, whatever that is. So listing is going to be one. Sourcing is going to be another one. So be specific. I'm going to source um, these places. I'm going to source these number of days. Uh, I'm going to go to at least two garage sale days, Saturdays a month, whatever it is. Pick something that is going to be uh, useful for you. And then um, set some goals on the types of sales you're wanting to get. Um, if you did $20,000 in sales last year, you know maybe you could say, okay, I want to make 50. Well, that, that's going to give you a lot of information on how much do I need to make each month? What do I need to do each week to make that each month? But unless you have those specific goals set, you're going to just have another year of, of kind of staying where you're at if you're lucky. And that's not really where we want to be. And maybe you're happy with where you're at. And so it's just a matter of course correcting on a couple of the goals you had before. Maybe last year you had a really specific goal on listing and you want to up it a little bit. Hey, I had some free time. I could actually add an extra five listings a week. So you need to have something. And in my opinion, those goals need to be written down um, and they need to be something that you can actually make sure every so often that you're achieving them. Because if your goal is you know, when you hear people say like, oh, I just want to be healthier. I want to get uh, you know, a little bit more fit. I want to make more money. There, There's no actionable steps you're going to take in that unless you're more specific. So don't just say, I want to list more. Don't just say, I want to source more. Don't just say, uh, I want to make more money this year than I made last year. Pick a number on each of those. Be specific because then that's going to give you the things you need to do along the way. So pick some big goals that you can actually attain and be specific about them. Yeah, no. I, and again, that's where I, uh, that, that's why I don't speak on that because I don't do that well. And it's the next part here is I don't do well either is bookkeeping, but I got to tell you, it's easier to start bookkeeping from the very beginning to the end. I know I already talked about this in the podcast, but I want to remind everyone, you know, it's one of those principles of eating the frog, right? The thing you hate the most, just take care of, right? Right away. The, the more you get used to taking care of that, I, I know. And I'm talking to myself because I just hate it. I hate having to input numbers. I hate having to track my mileage. I just hate all of it. I despise it. There's nothing. I, I, there's very few things I, I don't care about. One of them is doing my taxes, but we all got to do them, right? I mean, it, you know, death and taxes are guaranteed. And so, you know, pick up my reseller genie, uh, pick up, you know, mileage, uh, mile IQ. Uh, there's other, there's other apps out there that can help you out. Uh, maybe, you know, you need to pick up a new app that's going to help you uh, you know, just finding out what things are worth. And so, for example, WorthPoint, we don't, we're not sponsored by WorthPoint, but maybe it's time to try that out. Uh, and then that goes into kind of, you know, I'm kind of flying cause I already talked about bookkeeping a little bit more, but Hold on, I want to add something oh, on, oh, on, go ahead, on go that ahead, really go quick. Ahead. So, um, kind of along those same ideas and I don't want to really sound like a, 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 a Jocko Willink <laughs> fanboy here, but I was listening to a podcast the other week and he said something that really, I think was a, a major paradigm shift for me. Um, and then there's been times I've kind of ad adopted what he said, but uh, he was talking about like strategy versus tactics. And I know that those terminologies as far as chess, like tactics are like the individual moves you're making, like, uh, you know, uh, forking, using my knight to fork this. And like, it's like the, what's the best move in any given moment where a strategy is more of like long, longer form. Like I need to create this type of position. I want to move. So it's more of the big goal versus tactics or the, the steps you take. And um, one of the things he said, and this is, I think that if, if people take this, it, I think it's going to be life changing. So I've always been really good at writing down every day the things I need to do. 
And I've always prioritized the most immediate things first. So for instance, I need to do like, this is an immediate, I've got kids coming to my room in 15 minutes. So I need to have this set up on my board. I need to have, so you always do the things that's most immediate first. And then like at the tail end is like the, here's the big picture thing that like, I'd love to be able to get done today. Um, but you know, this really isn't due until next month. And this is kind of like a bigger picture thing. And Jocko Willing's point was the very first thing you should do every day is not the immediate stuff, but it's the big picture thing. Cause that's usually the frog. That's usually the thing you don't want to do. So take, do the strategy thing first. So for, for someone like you, Orlando, that might be, Hey, I don't have to deal with taxes until next year. So when you wake up in the morning, you might be like, ah, I've got lots of energy. I got to get these boxes shipped out today and get them to the post office. And you start doing those things. And then the end of the day comes and then you're like, eh, I don't have to do bookkeeping. I'll do that tomorrow. But if you did those things first, if you do the big picture things first, the stuff that's got the, going to have the long benefit, Get those done because you're going to get the immediate things done that day. Like there's no way you're not going to do the immediate things. But if you if you eat the frog by doing actually the thing that's the big thing first, doing your taxes, doing your bookkeeping, uh, maybe for you, it's like, you know, listing. So that's the thing with like death piles. It's the same thing. You might like, ah, you know, I don't have to list through this death pile. I'm going to go sourcing. I'm gonna, you got other things that come up. But if you think big picture, I want to get all of this stuff listed even though I'm doing fine right now without it being listed, you're actually going to see much more impact in your life. So that would be one of the things I would say too, is maybe even just adjust the way you schedule your days. If you can do the big picture item first when you have all of the energy, and then you're going to be forced to do all of the immediate stuff throughout the day anyways. So you're going to actually get more done every day. Yeah, no, I agreed. Agreed. Yeah, because the tough things, yeah, the other things I avoid like the plague. <laughs> all right, so... um. And so the, the last thing here is, you know, I, I strongly encourage everyone think about new ways that you could resell in the new year, like things that you can improve. Right. So, you know, Mike and I, and this is something that uh, Pete Craigslist Center, I told us earlier on, and I've taken it hard <laughs> is that every year try to learn a new, a new niche, a new well, niche, whatever way you call it, uh, because it's going to expand your possibilities to, to make more money. Right. For, for me, this last year, Right. I had spent a lot of time on duck decoys <laughs> and I, I, I think I got a pretty, ha pretty good handle on it. There's still a vast amount of knowledge. I don't know, especially when it comes to, uh, things that are from like the late duck decoys from late 1800s, early 1900s that aren't marked. Those are so hard, but there's some good money to be made there. I learned a lot about lanterns <laughs> more than I care to know at times. Um, I, I learned posters, posters, the one new thing of uh, vintage posters, uh, that I began to learn. And so I began to pick those up. So there, there's a lot out there uh, to learn. Also, you know, try to think about, you know, what ways can you improve on shipping? Right. For me is I definitely, I, I got, I think I have it down with when it comes to big items. Now I don't stress not big items. Like uh, if you ever heard of flea market flipper who he ends up like freighting everything, uh, but everything up to a freight, I can, I can pretty much ship pretty easily. Uh, and so I don't stress about that. And, and, you know, just sourcing opportunities, find new ways to source. If things that were difficult this year, maybe spend this time and think about what are some other ways to source. Mike and I have definitely shifted a lot. I know Mike now is, he's not a bin guy yet, but he has access to bins. I know for myself, I have not stepped foot in a thrift store, I think since maybe April. It's been a long time. Um, I actually haven't even, I don't even look for local deals that much anymore uh, because I've, I've connected with a vast source of people. Uh, and so now I just, I, I have more opportunities that I have to walk away from 
then I can actually buy. And so maybe that's for you. Maybe that's something you need to do. Get some business cards, right? Those are, that's probably the best expense I ever made for my business was getting some business cards, just putting my name, putting a phone number on there, just saying I'm a reseller, hit me up if anything, uh, because I get opportunities all the time. So think of what new thing you could add to your reselling in 2024. You want to add a little bit to that, Mike, or do you think that's good? No, I think that's good. That's good. All right. So, hey, hopefully you guys are encouraged. We're in the midst of Q4. Hopefully you've had great sales. Uh, just keep going. Those sales are going to continue uh, to happen, hopefully, into January. We don't know. No, no, no guarantees. But you got to act as if that's the way it's going to be. And some of you that are full-time like me, we have no options. We either have to make it or we have to make it. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Peace.